Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Hey and welcome back to another episode of It Could Happen Here with myself, Andrew, of the YouTube channel, Andrewism. Uh, if you're joining us from the previous episode, we touched on the life of Lorenzo Camboa Irvin, um, who he was as a leading figure in the Black Anarchist um, movement, how he ended up in that position, um, sort of his life story and how he ended up writing Anarchism, the Black Revolution and sort of breaking down that vision of a Black Revolution, including tactics like communes, squats, French strikes, tax strikes, boycotts, general strikes, and of course, a Black Labour Federation. But that's not all that Uven has explored in his work. And today we're going to dive into his vision for survival programs, things to agitate for and actions the Black community can take to survive under the current system. Now, historically, Black communities have been subjected to economic exploitation, with businesses and financial institutions often taking profits out of the community without investing in its growth and development. And this, of course, has led to disinvestment, poverty, lack of resources for community members, and of course, uh, persistent relative deprivation. So the demand for community control of businesses and financial institutions that Irvin outlines is something that seeks to shift power and resources back into the hands of the community. By placing control uh, in the hands of community members, it provides an opportunity uh, to build economic power and to ensure that businesses and financial institutions work for communities rather than vice versa because such uh, institutions and businesses would be under the control of the workers themselves. 
Uh, so in a cooperative model, members work together to achieve common goals and share the benefits and risks of a business equally. The governance structure of a cooperative typically involves a board of directors who might who are elected by members to make strategic decisions on behalf of the cooperative. Uh, but there are, of course, other ways of organizing, including horizontal consensus. All members of a cooperative have an equal say in these decisions, with each member typically having one vote. And the board of directors is meant to just be accountable to the members and act in the best interest of the cooperative. Now, cooperatives already exist. Uh, they operate in various industries, and they can operate in various industries, including agriculture, retail, finance, housing, healthcare, and more. For example, in a cooperative agriculture model, farmers can pool resources to purchase seeds, fertilizers, and equipment at a lower cost, and then sell their crops collectively to increase bargaining power and reduce costs. In a retail cooperative, members can buy products at a discount and have a say in the type of products offered, while in a financial cooperative, members can access bank and services and share in the profits that are generated by the cooperative. Cooperatives also often provide mutual aid and support to their members with surplus profits from the businesses reinvested either in the businesses or distributed as dividends to members, which ensures that the benefits of the business are shared equitably and members have a stake in the success of a cooperative. Like I mentioned, cooperatives already exist, which means they're capable of operating within capitalism, but within a broader program uh, of social revolution, they're meant to build our alternative power in a dual power struggle to eventually uh, enable us to assert our independence from this system, as it were. But even here and now, it is necessary to survive under this system. And I think cooperatives offer a more humane uh, and more empowering model. Another example of that sort of cooperative structure uh, could be found in mutual aid banking societies, uh, again, owned and controlled by the members and are created specifically to provide access to financial services um, and support to individuals and communities that have been traditionally excluded or marginalized from a lot of traditional banking systems. So they function to provide low interest loans to members for various purposes, including, you know, starting businesses, purchasing homes, covering unexpected expenses, and members are required to, you know, put in a certain amount each month to fund these sorts of loans. Um, and in addition to providing financial services, these sort of societies can also provide education and support, um, help with financial planning, help with uh budgeting help with financial literacy to enable members to better survive uh, within their current financial situation under capitalism. And so that's one aspect of the survival program, right? And emphasis on survival. Uh, it's existed now in this system. Uh, so that's one aspect of it. Pushing for community control of businesses and financial institutions and creating community cooperatives and mutually banking societies. Another aspect of that survival program that Ilvin outlines is achieving community-controlled housing to help address issues of gentrification, displacement, and lack of affordable housing. Um, through legal and legal means, such as rent strikes and demonstrations, uh, armed actions, open squatting to drive landlords out and take over the property, 
those are more precarious approaches, right? And they're also the above the board methods. I spoke about the, those approaches, some of those approaches in the first part. The quote unquote above the board methods would be uh, establishing things like community land trusts or CLTs. A CLT is essentially a nonprofit organization that owns and manages land for the benefit of a community. The CLT can acquire land and then lease it to developers or residents who agree to use the land for affordable housing, which allows them to retain control of the land and ensure that it's being used for their good rather than being sold off to private developers um, for the sake of profit. In a situation under a CLT where a homeowner wants to sell, wants to move, they can only sell the building that they occupy. They can't sell the land itself because the community land trust retains control of the land. The community land trust also retains the right of first refusal to purchase the buildings, which basically means before you can try and sell the buildings to anyone else, you have to give the community land trust, the community itself, an opportunity to buy the building back. Um, and that would enable them to also make sure that um, people aren't coming in to just profit off of such affordable housing. And they're also doing it so that the housing stays affordable so they can ensure that they can resell the building to somebody who's also seeking that, you know, affordable housing. And by providing that sort of housing, community land trusts can stabilize communities and prevent displacement in the long term. Um, they can help to revitalize um, distressed neighborhoods. Um, and they can also invest into things like community facilities, like pools and uh, laundromats and gyms and that sort of thing. In terms of how you actually create a CLT, um, laws, of course, vary from place to place, but essentially you form a nonprofit organization, obtain tax exempt status, acquire the land either through purchase or donation, and then begin developing affordable housing or community facilities on the land. In addition to that, a community land trust would need certain guidelines in place for leasing the land to homeowners um, and to maintain the affordability of the land over time. And of course, community land trust requires a system of governance and decision-making to engage in that sort of ongoing effort of um, involving the residents themselves and ensuring that they are educated in how community land trusts work and how this model could be expanded to other communities. Of course, establishing such a thing requires significant resources. Hey guys, Mario Lopez here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit biotoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. From football playoffs to basketball madness, TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd, cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com. Another approach to community-controlled housing that also takes some resources is through limited equity housing cooperatives. So in this model, residents uh, own and manage the housing development. They each have a same decision-making process. It's run democratically. Um, They each have a share in the cooperative, which gives them the right to occupy a unit in development. The share price, however, is set at a fixed rate, which means the unit can only be sold back to the cooperative at the same price which again helps to make sure that the housing remains affordable in the long term. So unlike with uh, the community land trust, where you own the building, but you don't own the land, in an LEHC or um, you know limited equity housing cooperative, you don't own the building or the land, you own a share and the cooperative owns the property itself. You're also required, of course, to contribute a down payment and to pay monthly fees, which helps to maintain and manage the property. You know, it's difficult to organize things, um, as anyone with some experience organizing can tell you. And something as high investment as housing is no different, right? It's a challenge. It's a challenge in fundraising. It's a challenge in organizing people. It's a challenge in ensuring that such efforts are defended and are able to establish themselves in the long term. But it's still a promising model, I believe, for survival because of its priority on community ownership and control. It really relieves that one major stress in a lot of people's lives uh, in terms of affordable housing. Of course, in the long term, Housing should be decommodified entirely, but that is the future. These survival programs are for the here now. Another aspect of the survival program that Irvin talks about is food autonomy, the establishment of black community-controlled food systems to, you know, establish self-sufficiency, to control the production and distribution of foods, ensure basic needs are met, 
to ensure that black communities are no longer at the mercy of food deserts and other systemic barriers to accessing healthy, affordable food. By creating trucking networks and warehouses and communal farms, farmers' cooperatives, food cooperatives, agricultural unions, and other collective associations, black communities can ensure that healthy and essential foods are readily available. Rather than just treating the symptom, such institutions would treat the root cause of food insecurity, which is a lack of control over our food chains and food networks. So for example, uh, a trucking network would be used to transport food from communal farms to warehouses, which could serve as collectively owned distribution centers for the food in a sort of a library economy uh, setting. Uh, The warehouses could also serve as storage facilities for other non-perishable food items. Uh, To bank seeds, to distribute those seeds and other items and tools to community gardens and food cooperatives. And such community gardens could be established on vacant lots, on rooftops and unused spaces within the city, particularly in areas where access to fresh produce is limited. Um, And all of these efforts would involve members of the community uh, who would be responsible for each step in the process and ensuring that such things are accessible equitably. Um, Food cooperatives within communities could, for example, uh, be organized through sort of a share structure where each household or each individual has a share in the cooperative that entitles them to a certain amount of food each week. Uh, or you could have in a sort of a library structure. There are different ways that you can organize it. Um, you could even have as well agricultural unions provide support and training and education uh, on sustainable farming practices, uh, access to tools and equipment, financial assistance for farmers in need. All these efforts would establish the foundation necessary for food autonomy um, under this sort of survival program that Irvin has developed. And as I mentioned in the previous episode, Irvin also talks about, under the survival programs, developing autonomous education, ensuring the community has control over every aspect of the educational system, from the curriculum and textbooks to the hiring and training of teachers and administrators. And as I spoke about in the previous episode, you know, the same way the reactionaries fight and advocate for control of education is the same way that we can do the same. It won't be as easy, but we have to counter their efforts because they have already been countering ours. The minimal gains we've made in, uh, for example, ensuring that an accurate account of history is told in schools um, is already being fought against. So we need to go even further. Community-controlled schools uh, would not only reflect community values, culture, and history, not only would they be designed to meet the specific needs of the children within them, not only would they provide a safe and a nurturing environment to encourage creativity, critical thinking, and problem-solving skills, but they would also provide a space, an additional space for the development of people's powers and drives and consciousness towards liberation at any age. 
I mean, in addition to primary and secondary education, Irvin also talks about free higher education programs, uh, remedial training programs, um, reading programs, trade programs, all these things to help develop people's skills and education, knowledge that would help to equip them to address social, political, and economic issues. Irvin also calls for a system of community-based self-defense um, to defend ourselves against various forms of violence, including police brutality, hate crimes, and vigilante attacks, without relying on government or law enforcement agencies to defend ourselves. Um, there are several components to this, of course. It will involve organizing and mobilizing community members to participate in self-defense training programs. Uh, it would involve weapons training. It would involve tactics for de-escalation. It would involve a network that can coordinate responses to incidents of violence, um, establishing community channels to quickly disseminate information, enabling restorative and transformative justice practices to be included to keep the state out of resolving the conflicts between people in communities. Hey guys, LeVar Arrington here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer. Making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design. The Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before or check out the fully redesigned tacoma delivering trail dominating power and captivating style the new tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true and with new available tech this legendary truck is getting even better and when you buy a toyota truck you buy toyota dependability meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future so visit your local toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com toyota let's go places. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. 
Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. And then, of course, unlike a lot of these law enforcement systems and structures, a community-based self-defense program or system would also be involved in the prevention of such incidents of violence and harm and conflict from occurring. It would be involved in continuously evaluating and adapting to changing circumstances to analyzing the patterns of violence and gaps uh, that are taking place in training or in resources and to continuously refine tactics and strategies and approaches to see to the long-term healing of the communities and the interruption of cycles of violence and generational trauma in the long term. Another component of these survival programs uh, would involve medical training, large-scale medical training programs in Black communities, providing individuals with the knowledge and skills needed to understand and address health issues. Black communities, especially those from low-income backgrounds in the U.S., often face significant barriers to accessing quality healthcare. Um, this is due to systemic racism and oppression. This is due to um, inaccessibility and unaffordability of healthcare, just generally, um, and also the quality and resources available um, within certain communities specifically. And also the ways that health outcomes are worse if you are black. Black mothers are, uh, or rather the, the black maternal death rate is one particularly heavy example of these sorts of disparities. And so that's why we need um, community-based medical clinics and training programs and workshops and seminars led by black medical professionals, public health experts, public health experts and community organizers who are versed in the social determinants of health and impacts of systemic racism on health outcomes and invested in seeing that changed. Um, such a program would involve medical, including dental training, um, that would empower individuals to provide basic healthcare services and support their communities. It would involve training in first aid. It would involve healthcare screenings, health education, because Underrepresentation in health matters, lack of education in one's own personal health matters, and too many people losing their lives as a result of that racial blind spot and as a result of that inequality. And so a survival program in the here and now needs to account for that. Even also calls for the release of black political prisoners as part of a broader abolitionist struggle rooted in the recognition that the criminal justice system in the U.S. has been used as a tool for political repression against Black people and the marginalized communities. He's speaking here from experience, of course. He wrote this when he was in prison. Mass incarceration of Black people has been a deliberate and systemic effort to silence and dissent, to silence dissent and maintain the status quo of white supremacy and white supremacist capitalism. Here and now, survival programs should be involved in the release of Black political prisoners, especially to investigate and review the cases of those who have been unjustly imprisoned, to address the use of 
coerced confessions, falsified evidence, and other forms of prosecutorial misconduct has led to wrongful convictions that has led to people rotting away in jail cells for decades with no sort of justice. Um, I mean, these people are often some of the most committed and dedicated revolutionaries, and their continued imprisonment has been a grave injustice. Some of them, unfortunately, passed before they even released, if they had released at all. And by demanding their release, by fighting for their freedom, by writing to them and supporting them even now, by showing our solidarity with those who have sacrificed so much in the struggle for liberation and ensuring that their voices are heard, not only can we aid in their survival, but we can also aid in our own. Lastly, Yuvan calls for the ever-contentious big payback. Reparations. Yuvan challenges us to build a mass movement in our communities to compel the government and the rich to provide the means for our communities' redevelopment. After centuries of slavery and of abuse and of robbery and of discrimination, demanding those reparations in the form of community development funds to be placed in credit unions, cooperatives, and other mutual aid institutions in the Black community so that we can start to obtain some measure of economic self-sufficiency. But of course, from the question of who pays to how we force them to pay to how we determine how much they pay, how that pay is distributed or implemented, if the pay is even in cash, you know, there's a lot of tension surrounding that topic. I'm pro-reparations, not just for Black America, but for the entire diaspora. Uh, I mean, I've seen the U.S. made sure to get reparations for itself and its allies after World War II. The victims of various atrocities have received reparations for their injustices. But as soon as Black people demand their due, demand their due, everybody, you know, they want us to forget about it. Yeah. But, <laughs> oh. Yeah. Everybody knows, and I think part of that is because everybody knows that they can't actually afford it, you know? If we were paid exactly what we would do, they would not have the wealth that they have. Um, and so my stance has always been, I don't think reparations will come by ballot. I don't want it to come by ballot. Um, I don't want to receive some check in the mail that says, okay, now be happy, get over it. Um, but let me not get myself in any more trouble. <laughs> I will leave it at that. I don't think it will come by ballot. Um, yeah, lot of, I think that's reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've already said so much <laughs> these past two episodes. Um, I mean, there are a lot of arms to this survival program. Let me bring things to a close a bit. There are a lot of areas of struggle that we could pick up. Um, a lot of things that can be applied, of course. Most of these things, I think, can be applied beyond the Black community. But there's a reason that the Black community specifically was Irvin's focus. Um because of his life experience, because of the need to address Black communities specifically in uh, in an anarchist text, uh, something that was really lacking prior to the resurgence of, you know, the Black radical tradition, the Black anarchist-specific tradition in the 70s. So it's necessary. Um, but I just hope, you know, people who are listening who are not Black didn't just you know, click off. But I still hear that these ideas and stuff, these programs are applicable more broadly. Um, I hope that I can see and contribute to these changes in my lifetime. And 
as I consistently borrow from Ashanti Alston, another black anarchist figure who I actually hope at some point we could bring on. All power to all the people. Peace. It Could Happen Here is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources. Thanks for listening. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. There's plenty to celebrate in March and National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free at 